look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. Um, you know, Faisal, uh, tax seems to be an important piece of the retirement conversation. You think? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And I think that um, I think that through proper structure and so on and so forth, tax savings is real money in people's pocket. Real money in people's pocket is what they spend and live on, and it's a darn important piece of the puzzle. And deep down inside, most people don't want to don't want to overpay in their taxes. Well, no, I would think not. Yeah, so I haven't found anybody that said yes to that question. Yeah, I want to. There's many Canadians <laughs> who still pay too much. Uh, well, listen, unknowingly. Yeah, unknowingly. unknowingly. No, no, that's totally fair. Absolutely. We've got Jonathan Chevro joining us today, a recurring guest. He's the founder of Financial Independence Hub. He's also the co-author of Victory Lap Retirement. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's been a while. Good to be it, back. It has been a while. And thanks for taking some time with us. And uh, we're going to talk a little tax today and essentially sort of the secret for saving tax in retirement. Let's maybe start the conversation there. We all know that tax, uh, we've got to pay our fair share. Uh, most people would agree with that. There's certainly a healthy debate over what that fair share should be, uh, but proper tax save or like tax savings is real return in your pocket because I contend that that's what you live on. Nobody lives on pre-tax income; we live on after-tax income. So let's start the conversation with a little bit about what you feel the secret for saving tax in retirement is. Well, you may have seen a piece I did in the Globe a couple of weeks ago on this very topic, and uh, it was really aimed at sort of pre-retirement, like the book, Victory Life Retirement. People sort of left employment, you know, maybe late 50s, early 60s, either voluntary or not, but they're not quite ready to, you know, go to the full full stop retirement. So typically, your revenue will start to drop once you, you, you've left full employment, even if you're freelance or running a business, and you're starting to draw down, um, you know, maybe some pensions. Uh, and the question arises as to whether you should be uh, starting to take your RSP down, because as we know, an RSP must be converted to a RIF or annuitized or cashed out, but you wouldn't do that. At the end of the year, you turn 71. Uh, and at that point, all those lovely tax refunds you got for your RSP over those three or four years come back to bite you. And you've got to pay tax on the RSP. And, and the issue arises whether an RSP can get too big. Some advisors think 500000 or maybe a million between a couple is getting on the big size. Because, of course, it's taxed. When the money comes out of the RSP or RIF, you have to uh, pay tax on it at the top marginal rate, just like uh, bonus income or earned income. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's some various strategies. Some people would counsel delaying CPP and OAS till 70, maximizing that inflation index to defined benefit pension plan. It might be the only one you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and taking down your RSP while your taxes are lower in your 60s. So that's the essence of it. Okay, so where to start? Because there are lots of different mechanisms uh, and approaches. And I mean, it's important, I think, to state that um, you know, everybody's situation is uh, is different depending on the composition of your assets, the guaranteed sources of income that you have. But maybe, um, maybe Jonathan, give us just a little your thinking, I guess, around some of the, the different decisions or mechanisms um, that you can reduce, use to reduce your taxes. 
Well, again, it, 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 everything is a flip side, and decumulation is sort of the opposite. So we're sort of trained by the financial industry and the media to some extent. So all mm-hmm. those years from 20 to like maybe 55 or 60, you're in wealth accumulation mode. You're in the top tax bracket typically, and you're motivated really to uh, maximize your RSP. It's sort yep. of, uh, I think Jamie Gollenbeck at CIBC called it, we're blinded by the tax refund. Because as you know, every ten thousand uh, dollars, you know, I mean, some people in provinces are now in the top marginal rate of fifty-three percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a ten thousand dollar RSP contribution is going to knock down, you know, basically fifty-three hundred less tax. That sounds great, and, so, and little wonder we start creating these half million dollar or million dollar RSPs after three or four decades of such saving. Yep. Um, but we sort of forget about things like the old age security clawback, and that the fact that the government isn't really there, they aren't really generous. They don't really want to uh, have you pay less tax. They're, they're really bribing you to uh, because they don't. I mean, otherwise, you're going to have tons of people on the payroll for the government is going to be on the hook for old age security, which they're going to be anyway, and then the GIS, the Guaranteed Income Supplement. So the more they can get people to save for their own account in an account that ultimately brings back taxes for them, because RSPs and RIFs ultimately are taxable, the better it is. So it's sort of a very self-serving thing. So. Um, that said, I still am in favor of RSPs if you're in the top tax bracket because, of course, you have the two benefits, the, the deferral, tax deferral on your investment income for 30 or 40 years, uh, plus the upfront up tax refund that got your attention. But there are cases, certainly, as you know, where the tax-free savings account or TFSA is a better solution, particularly people with low-income pe- people mm-hmm. starting out and even seniors who are approaching um, uh, retirement. Uh, they may prefer to uh, not have their OAS and GIS payments clawed back, and the TFSA, of course, allows them to do that. Jonathan, one thing I keep on mentioning is that the more that you have in different types of vehicles for savings, such as taxable, TFSA, RSP, the more complex your tax situation will be when you retire. If you have a couple who has that million dollars in their RSP and that's the only savings they have, well, their tax issue may not be as high because you can split income when you're over 65 and you can you can do all these different types of uh, of splitting and deducting that you don't have to have as high of an income. So then the old age security clawback's not much of an issue because it starts at $70,000. I think most Canadians don't realize what's your minimum requirement you have to take out of your RSP, which then turns into a RIF at 71, and how much that will be an impact to you on your income, especially if you have pension plans, CPP, a non-registered money that you're going to receive dividends or interest or capital gains from and how it gets in, in, in a bit of a uh, more confusing for an individual. Maybe can you bring us down to the basics first? What's the initial riff, that kind of a withdrawal that a person has to go through? And what's that experience like for, for an individual when they're starting to see that, that income come their way, but now there's a tax receipt that follows up, follows up with it? Well, as you know, so once you hit the age, at the end of age 71, you've got to make that decision about the RSP, and most people choose the RIF. Uh, but the RIF is sort of like the opposite of the RSP tax refund. So now every year, at one point it was like seven and a bit percentage a year. So you had, if you had a $100,000 uh, RIF, you would have to take out uh, 7000 that year and pay tax on that seven on that 7000 Now, a couple of years ago, they took it down to, I think, five and a bit. So it's slightly less. And, and, and the pe- people were often, I, I talked to people with RIFs, they were often upset by the RIF taxes, and, and not just because of the OAS clause. It's just sort of like, 
I didn't realize. Like, so imagine <laughs> you have a million, million dollars. And, of course, the RIF schedule starts innocuously enough at five and a bit, but it soon hits seven. And, uh, and then, of course, by the time you hit your 90s, it's up to around 20%. Well, if you have a million dollars left, uh, at 90, uh, still, uh, 20% of that, that's 200 grand. Well, you're well, you're clearly, you're going to lose your, you're not going to get the OAS because that cutoff was around 80,000. Uh, plus, uh, you got, you maybe you're paying at the top rate of, you know, 50% on, on the last hundred thousand, uh, of that 200,000. So, um, and then the other issue of course, was your depleting capital because the, the RIF withdrawal rate, whether it was seven or eight or whatever percent, is a lot more than the typical senior on a fixed income with a 2% GIC if they're lucky. So they're clearly, they're not, they were forced to take out more money than the RIF was earning, meaning that they're going to run out of money. Typically, you know, we, we should all hope that we should live to be 100. On the other hand, you may be praying to die by 95 because that's when your RIF runs out. Yeah, and one more thing that we have to add, but before we have to go, Jonathan, is that in the event of um, both the individual and their spouse's death, that RSP is fully taxable. If you take Alberta, for example, a $200,000 RSP or $250,000 RSP has put you now in the highest tax bracket, you could, on average, uh, you're at the highest tax bracket at that point in time. That's a 48% tax hit right there uh, on that highest p- portion of that marginal tax rate. So there's, there's concerns not only in retirement, but even after. Yeah, there, there is this danger that, as you say, of the death of the first spouse, so the money all turns, all of a sudden you go from you had a half a million and, and the people was a split, and as you pointed out earlier, you can um, kind of income split or use pension splitting after 65 if you had unequal RSPs or RIFs. Uh, but when the first partner dies, it all, all of a sudden you're 500000 now it's all a million all in your hands, and when you take out that 7% or the 10% a year, all of a sudden you've doubled the amount and you're way over the OAS clawback rate, you're in the top top rate rate, and you got a big tax problem. Yeah. You know, so the question is, maybe you should be taking the RSP down in your 60s when you're in a lower tax bracket. Don't just bask in the lower tax brackets and start withdrawing early, or even start a riff early because you can start a riff earlier than 71, uh, and instead delay CPP and OAS to 70, where you know the CPP would be 42 percent higher by waiting from 65 to 70, for example. And again, if you don't have a defined benefit pension plan, the only pension plan you may have. That's inflation indexed and guaranteed for life. Maybe be that CPP. It's a valuable asset. Yeah, Jonathan, don't, we, don't forget yeah. to get your advice and do the calculations yeah. and, and speak to your tax advisor on those types of things because that's very important because these types of decisions that you make is a, is a one-way decision. Once you decide to pull the money out of your RSP, you just can't reverse it and put it back in. There's a there's a whole bunch of risks in there. So please get the advice on that stuff as well too. Uh, Dave? Yeah, I agree. And like annuitizing is also a one-way decision too. So you got you got for sure you need a professional. It's a, it's a lot more complex wealth decumulation in the taxes than it was building up the wealth in the first place. Building it up. Well said. Yeah, on that point, we've got to leave it there. I want to thank you, uh, Jonathan, for joining us again. It was great to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Anytime. We're joined by Jonathan Chevreau, founder of Financial Independence Hub, also the co-author of Victory Lap Retirement. Okay, we've got a seminar coming up, and we're going to talk about some of these elements, including tax and uh, and after-tax income in particular on Tuesday, September 26th. Faisal, you want to remind us of the details? Yep, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400, 966-8400. Or go to our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. Let me remind you before we sign off that you can access any of our past segments on morethanmoneyradio.com or you can get them delivered directly to you by searching for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on News Talk 770.
David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.